On this episode of the Film Optics Podcast, it looks like the creators of Avatar The Last Airbender are leaving the Netflix series project. It also looks like Shia LaBeouf is rumored to play as Iceman in the new MCU X-Men. So let's jump in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Film Optics, brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network, where we bring you the headline hot takes of entertainment news each and every week. I'm your host, Christian, and today we're going to be talking about, of course, the world of film, TV, pop culture, video games, and all that jazz. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend and my co-host, Devon. How are you? Will, Will we be discussing WAP at any point? Um, I hope not. I saw that video. <laughs> um, it was a video. I was entertained. Yes. Uh, what's up? Yes, hard not to be. Yeah, very, very, very hard not to be. Um, it's just trying to choose my words carefully, you know, since we're recording. But yes, I was entertained. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but how's your week been, man? It's been this week's been kind of been blowing by. I, I mean, I hate to jinx it, but yeah, it's been a pretty average week. Lots of, lots of fall guys. Lots of Doom Patrol. Been yeah, patrolling Doom. Didn't realize there were fifteen episodes, so that's yeah, and they're all an hour each, and that's why I think a lot of work. It is a lot of work, and, and season two is still ongoing. Yes, so maybe if. I mean, it just depends. I mean, I think I'm on episode like four or something like that of season one. <laughs> Maybe we I'm could. I'm on seven or eight. Okay. I mean, I feel like we could maybe do it. I, I'm enjoying it, so it's it's something nice to put on. Yeah. I don't have anything else to do. That is true. I actually just finished Harley Quinn uh, season one and two, so I enjoyed myself uh, immensely with that. I'm guessing those are a nice, nice half hour. Yes. Nice <laughs> it was movie. very nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was especially after you know watching Umbrella Academy season two, but I mean those didn't even feel like you know hour long episodes. But between when I watched Cursed and then uh, Umbrella Academy season two, it was kind of like a back to back type deal. So it was definitely a nice uh, breath of fresh air to uh, go back to that you know twenty twenty five minute mark uh, shows, and they're only about hmm, maybe. 13, 12 episodes per. I think season one's a little bit longer than season two. So maybe I'll start Doom Patrol. But oh, there's also Chernobyl. But maybe Doom Patrol. Yeah, Doom Patrol's got, got a little more relevancy currently. Yeah, but I do like, I, I need to watch Chernobyl before the HBO Last of Us season series because I've heard it's phenomenal. Well, that's going to be a while. Yeah, what maybe I can knock out Chernobyl before Doom Patrol, but it's like, I mean, if, if we plan on doing a season two, you know, review of Doom Patrol, then maybe I'll just have to put that on the back burner. I don't know. So we'll just have to wait and see. But <laughs> before I'm, I'm we begin, I'm just glad that, that Brendan Fraser is, is blessing our screen again. That is very true. Very true. He, he is. He is really good in that show. Uh, yeah. Titans, maybe. <laughs> Hard pass. Fuck Batman. <laughs> but before we begin today's review, you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Red Circle, Pandora, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio as well. So we have a lot. Like, I know I say this every week, we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. Like, a lot, a lot. And we're going to try to give it to you all within an hour. So, you know, we're not going to rush or anything if we go a little bit over so be it but uh let's just jump right in so um do you want to take this first one Devin, or do you want me to kind of just gloss over these first two i think you can you can take it i don't even have it opened <laughs> oh god <laughs> all right okay so uh dc fandom uh there's a little article out there a little cnet article out there of everything you need to know uh, we don't have the schedule as of yet, but there's rumors suggesting that they will drop the schedule um, 
well, this is going to be coming out on Friday. So today, so if you know, recording this on Thursday, it should be out by the time of this recording goes live. So, uh, but that's of course a rumor, but um, it looks like, of course, everyone knows uh, that the DC fandom event, it will be a 24 hour event starting at 10 a.m. Pacific time on Saturday, August 22nd. I don't know how they're planning on doing this. Like, and I mean, it's, it's just, what are we like? Are we just supposed to like be on our phones all day? Like, are we streaming this? I mean, I would like to stream some parts, but I mean, 24 hours. There's just no way of knowing like what to watch if it's 24 hours. Yeah. And I'm, that's a really schedule could give us some hints, but I have no idea. Yeah, I wanted to see how how are they going to pull this off because they're saying twenty four hours, and that that makes one jam packed day of events. You know, this isn't just you know if if, if you have plans for forget it. You know, if if you want to see what's you if you want to be with what's in the know, you know, get that information out there and be within the discourse of the uh, DC universe. You're, you're gonna you're gonna be glued to your uh, your TV or your your phone, your computer, pretty much. All weekends because it runs from Saturday to Sunday. Yeah, we'll be on Twitter. That's all we really need. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about doing a live stream event, but like, it depends on, like, if there's like, okay, you know, we're gonna. It just depends on the schedule. Yeah, it 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 really does. If there's like a a section that's like, all right, that's gonna be big, then maybe. Yeah, because I I don't think I can do a full. I mean, I could. Would I enjoy it? No, (laughs) because you know. We all have lives. I mean, as exciting as this stuff is, it's it's not very. Um, I, I I'm just really interested to see how, how they're going to pull all this off. But um, they have to find a way to fit in the um, the Zack Snyder Edge Lord hour. I think that's the only thing people. Are, I mean, I I am interested to see what's going on, like within DC fandom, because like I do want DC to do better. Um, I I want you know, like as much as you know, we're 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 both big Marvel guys here. You know, we we we've seen you know the the achievements that they've made, um, and it's just I mean DC's getting there. It's just you know it's I, I I'm kind of tired of it just being one sided. Like we we know Marvel usually pumps out really good stuff. You know, give or take. When it comes to a lot of the content, I would say a good <laughs> like seventy five to eighty percent of it's real. It's it hits the mark, but of course you have those that fall flat, and that. Of course, you know, expects all types of it, it is what it is. But I, I'm just interested to see what DC has to lay out. But we also have some video game news as well. We're going to be talking about later dealing with DC. But do you want to take this uh, next one? That kind of um, unfortunate news. Unfortunate here. news. Yes. Uh, let's see. DC Entertainment has laid off a third of their staff just days before the DC FanDome event. <sighs> Man. All those DC passes, it's, all those it's be, I mean, if this is people that worked on the event and then they get fired like days before, that's so shitty. Yeah. See, I'm not entirely sure if it is. Uh, nothing's officially has been announced by DC or Warner when it comes to this, but many industry insiders have already taken to social media about this. Uh, I mean, I'm know. guessing like a lot of people have been working on this event because it's such a big event. So yeah. A good amount of them probably just got fired before they could even see it come to fruition. Yeah, and that that really does suck because you know it. And hey, I mean, every company, every company's greatest asset is 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 people. You know, hu- humans are you know a company's greatest asset, as as they say, which um which is unfortunate, um in you know in this type of light because obviously you know it it takes more than a, a person to run an entire company, um. But yeah, it, it kind of blows. We really don't know too much else about it. Um, but I'm sure there are people who worked on this event that were affected. Um, but it looks like, you know, I think this this might have to go back through maybe to COVID. But I'm not entirely sure. They hey, didn't. AT&T is trying to save that money left and right. Oh, well, yeah. AT&T is huge. And it's like, ugh. man, oh, man. Uh, it's, it's Yeah, it's just... The layoffs have been confirmed, but it's just there's no confirmation on the full list of creators or, you know, comics as well that will be affected or any future DC content. 
um, in general. So, oh, well. But uh, moving on from some sad news over to some... <laughs> more, <laughs> more of this weird thing that <laughs> studios do for some reason. Yeah, we're looking for an Allison Brie type to play She-Hulk. We're looking for a Haley Steinfeld type. This is the Nostal Junk Podcast, where one person's junk is another person's childhood. I'm Matt McGraw. And I'm Kyle Smith. Join us each week as we take a deep dive into your pop culture consciousness and discuss everything from movies, TV, music, cartoons, toys, video games, and more. And we want to hear from you, so connect with us. Nostalgia means so many different things to so many different people, so share with us your favorite piece of nostalgia. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at NostalJunkPod. And you can subscribe to us on all the major podcast platforms. Let's get this thing up to 88 miles per hour, and we'll see you next week. To play Kate Bishop. Well, it looks like Marvel is again looking for a Joel Kinnaman. This one's the most random of all. Joel Kinnaman type. Yeah. For um, an unknown role. Unknown role in the upcoming Spider-Man 3. The speculation uh, is that it's Craven the Hunter. I wish they would just use him already. would be a decent fit, because I, I, I can see it with good old Joel. Yeah. Get him get him out of Suicide Squad. Get him into Spider-Man instead. Rick, Rick Flag, Suicide <laughs> Squad. <laughs> yeah, may, maybe he'll have uh, better luck on the other side of the fence there for sure. Uh, but yeah, I know everyone's been craving for Craven the Hunter. I think it would be uh, uh, fantastic. It's just I, I really want these studios to, you know, explore... The villains that we, you know, like, yes, there's like, you know, there's Venom. Everyone wants to see Venom in the MCU. Every we've 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 seen Green Goblin a few times over. And it's and I'm I'm kind of tired of that, you know, we but it's like I, I feel like but, we're kind of can do a, They can do a really cool job of modernizing Craven the Hunter, I feel like, too. Yeah. Like he, he he would be fantastic, and even on the DC side, like I, I want to see some Deathstroke. I want to see some Mister Freeze. That's what I want to see. I want to see Batman go up against Mister Freeze for sure. But yes, going back to this, only story. if it's Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I used to love that movie when I was a kid before I knew better. But I was like, hey, it's Batman or Robin. Like <laughs> I used to watch it religiously. Had a crush on uh, Poison Ivy as well. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> you want to take this next one? Uh, your your boy Shia, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Not quite the casting that we were thinking of, but <laughs> looks like all. he's <laughs> being considered for Iceman in the X Men. Mm. Uh, I mean, in the X Men movies we've had so far, Iceman Iceman has been a very small character. I don't know. If that would change in this case, because I want Shia to be a, a big role. Yeah, this is Shia LaBeouf we're talking about. Like, he's, so he's I don't know how influential Iceman actually is. Hmm. I mean, he's like he's a he's a pretty well known X X Man, but he's not like the top tier X Men that you think of. <laughs> yeah, he's really not. I mean, because I know we wanted him to be Moon Knight, mm-hmm. and then I also saw Boss Logic put out that picture of him as Wolverine and now I can't get that out of my head and Shia LaBeouf has to be Wolverine. <laughs> Have you seen that? Yeah, I did see that. That it was actually looks pretty amazing. Sweet. I was like, oh my everyone's like, who should we get to play as Wolverine? It's like my God, he's been standing He's been under our nose the whole time. <laughs> he's been there the entire time. I, I think I mean Shia is a very gifted actor. I think there's a lot of roles that he could play. I just think imagine him getting ripped and being Wolverine. Like, that's just so perfect. That would be pretty sweet. Like, I am... If if he becomes Wolverine or if he becomes Moon Knight, Moon Knight I will be okay with either or. But Iceman? Yeah, it, it is... Is it that seems the like, best choice? Unless, you know, this is... I mean, unless this is Marvel making the, you know, the lesser-known X-Men, the, the ones that people normally don't care about into the uh, the stars because i mean it, it you know. could be the strategy because people are, could be um, x-men fatigued at this point so maybe they're trying to reach down to the bit of the uh, lower tier ones and bring them up yeah maybe but yeah. iceman was in those movies 
Yes, yes, he just was. Just not prominently. Right. You know, bringing, not necessarily like the new X-Men, or just like, yeah, the, the lesser known X-Men, let them have their, their shine in the, uh, the, their uh, spot in the, in the limelight there, and then bring in the, uh, the, the big guns, because, yes, we, I feel like we are on a bit of an X-Men fatigue, because, you know, it feels like the whole Fox, um, <laughs> Fox X-Men universe has been going on for so long, and even, you know, Ian McKellen and um, um, Patrick Stewart, like, they're especially in McKellen, he's very, very tired of the role. <laughs> After a while, there watched a few uh interviews with him and uh, Graham Norton a while back. So, uh, yeah, that's just I guess we'll just have to uh keep our ears to the ground for that one. But looks like the new mutants, which is supposedly still they're sticking to their guns, they're August saying it's coming 28th. out August 28th. We got the AMC, we got the AMC, the AMC is back. We'll talk about that in a second. But looks like new mutants, uh, fake Disney plus trailer footage was discovered in an international promo. Uh, I mean, like I, I mean, like I said before, it could have been real, it could have been fake. You know, people make. You know, it's it's very can like possible to make a convincing fake trailer through like Premiere Pro, because I mean that that is like the industry standard when it comes to you know editing and making these movies is what a lot of YouTubers use as well. Um, you know, there are other uh, softwares out there as well, but Premiere Pro is you know that that is the industry standard. So, I mean. Cool. We're just waiting for it to come out. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk and touch on with New Mutants? My banner, by the way, on Twitter is still this um, in theaters August 28, 2020, and it says fingers crossed. So we'll see if it comes true. Yeah, we'll see. But do you want to take this uh, this next one here, Devin? I found the, thought this one was kind of interesting here for the uh, comic book news section. Yeah, I actually haven't um, heard too much about this. But I have see. not either. So I'm not sure how true it is. Marvel Comics has been called out for seemingly erasing a Black Lives Matter logo from the cover of a 2019 comic book starring Miles Morales. In the original preview, a BLM fist symbol can be seen on the streetlights. In the final release, the streetlight is completely blank. Hmm. Seems fishy. It does seem fishy. Um, I know a while ago, I know Disney has this rule where... They don't want any of their characters to be associated with like anything negative. Not saying that obviously the Black Lives Matter thing isn't negative. It's just anything negative or controversial. Because I know a while ago there was a family, their son had passed away, and his favorite hero was Spider-Man. And they asked Disney if they could put Spider-Man on the child's grave, and Disney said no because they, they didn't want their company to be associated with death, even though like the entire Disney animated Renaissance, you know, Rufasa and everyone, everyone's dying left and right Bambi and what have you, which is odd. So, um, yeah, it was just a small story that we picked up. I can, I mean, I, I don't understand why they would remove it because you would think, you know, Disney would be for black lives matter. Um, as well as, you know, many other companies have expressed their, um, support, um, to the movement. So I don't know. I, I can't, you know, this, this is, I can't say, you know, oh, they, they don't want to get into politics because I mean, every company gets into politics when it comes to this kind of stuff. And, you know, everyone wants to make sure they're on the right side of the fence. They want to make sure that they're, um, you know, their consumers and their supporters and their investors, everyone's heard, you know, affected by the, uh, the uh, injustice going on in the country as of right now, as well as, uh, you know, everything with COVID. So that's weird. I don't know. Or maybe, I don't know. Couldn't even tell you. You have any thoughts about it? I don't know. It's just doesn't Very seem odd. right. Yeah. So I guess we'll just have to keep our ears to the ground on that one as well. Just Because I didn't really see anything else outside of this uh, article about it on Twitter. So... I don't know how true this is. I mean, it might be not. I mean, you know, Screen Rant. You know, they're 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 a pretty reliable source. Uh, maybe it's just one of those smaller uh, stories that got overlooked. So we'll just have to see if anything else comes about it, that. But did you want to take this last bit of comic book news before we head into our next segment? Seth Rogen staying in the news here. Yeah. 
Uh, he he had this interview um, where he was talking about the current state of comedy in Hollywood, and the topic of the MCU was brought up, and he um, described them as two hundred million dollar comedies, and the quote goes as such: um, something that me and Evan Goldberg talk about a lot is how Marvel movies are comedies. Um, he said while promoting the American Pickle. Thor Ragnarok is a comedy. Ant-Man is a comedy at its core. So that's what's out there. There are $200 million comedies out there, and so that's something, as a comedic filmmaker, to be aware of. Mm. And this this got misquoted across uh, the internet quite a bit. It did, because when I first read it, and it was like, because I wasn't able to just, like, when I first read the headline, I was like, what? And, like, of course, like, my initial reaction was like, what does he mean? Because I think everyone's so on the fence, especially with um, Martin Scorsese saying, you know, they're like funny music parts, like it's whatever, whatever. But um, reading more into it, you know, after just course discussing it with you on on Twitter, I was like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I went. I can't say every single movie is a comedy, but I would say that Thor is a com- Thor Ragnarok is a comedy, and the Ant Man movies for sure. So, I mean, obviously, you know, they have their serious, more serious movies, but they they, they do other comedy spurts in there as well. Yeah. The the crux of what he's getting at is that these movies have $200 million budgets and and their comedies, and they have such giant scope that it kind of forces uh, comedic filmmakers like himself to step up because he will never have that kind of budget. So um, it's just kind of forces him to step his game up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's just speaking us, truth. To give a storytelling in, in a more um, easy to digest way. Yeah. Because, yeah, because, I mean, pure, pure comedies, as fun as they are, you know, they, they, it's, it is very hard to make a trailer for a comedy and not show all the best parts, not show all the, you know, the, the hilarious laughs. Um, I think, I think um, Booksmart did a really good job with it. Um, so did Good Boys as well. Um, but, you know, we really haven't, you know, b- between like Good Boys and uh, Booksmart and, and even um, Superbad, like, I mean, th- those are like, those are like probably like three top comedies uh, amongst a few others as well. But, you know, it's it's very hard to, um, you know, like I said, it's, just, it's hard to keep this stuff under wraps because it's like, I feel like I'm not saying comedy is dying, but you know we just reviewed American Pickle. Go ahead and check out that uh, review, by the way, if you haven't already. But you know we we were lukewarm to the movie, I would say. And, I enjoyed it, right? I just, I guess it's just every a lot of comedies just like have the same like beat by the numbers, whatever. But. It is what it is, I guess. But I, I do, um, I, I do see where Seth Rogen's coming from, for sure. So uh, let's head on into the new normal. Um, we have some devastating news again here. Um, starting off with uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. For those of you who don't know, uh, Netflix and the original creators of the Avatar: The, uh, the Last Airbender ser- series that originally, you know. And the inception of the idea was back in 2002, back in the OG Nickelodeon days. Um, they are no longer attached to the live-action series um, that is coming to Netflix. Um, and I believe this was uh, Michael Dante uh, uh, DiMartino's um, statements saying, I mean, it's actually pretty devastating here. Um, that you know him and Brian, uh, the two uh, the co-creators of Avatar: Last Airbender, have made the difficult decision to leave the project. Um, it says uh, Netflix said that they were committed to honoring their vision uh, for retelling and supporting them through the uh, through creating the series, and they expressed how excited they were for the opportunity, you know, to be at the helm of that. Um, of that project, and unfortunately, things did not uh, go as hoped. Um, <clears throat> it looks like there was a lot of unforeseen events arise, a lot of creative differences. Netflix wanted to go one way, and obviously, the show creators wanted to go another. 
Um, I think this kind of goes back to what Netflix was is looking for their own, you know, big shot like Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings type um, show. And I think maybe they were, they saw that in Avatar. Um, but th- there, there's an entire post, I believe um, Michael posted this on Instagram as well. But um, they wanted to make it clear that, um, you know, just because they are leaving the project of the Netflix series for Avatar does not mean that that ends their involvement with the Avatar universe. Uh, their stories and characters, uh, the stories and characters are important to them, of course. And um, it renewed like some type of interest. I'm kind of paraphrasing off of the um, statement here, if you can't already tell. But, you know, they're, they're, they're pushing forward, doing their own, they want to do their own thing. Because Nickelodeon still owns the rights. You know, this isn't, it isn't owned by Netflix now. This isn't like a Spider-Man debacle or whatnot. So, you know, they can still express certain things. This, this Netflix series deal was, of course, probably one of the deals between Netflix and Nickelodeon. Um, you know, when they uh, made that, that nice signage there because they want to bring a lot of their properties over to their streaming platform. But, uh, that's pretty much the long and short of it, um, you know. But I wanted to get your thoughts about this. Um, as someone who doesn't really have any knowledge on Avatar: The Last Airbender, uh, I guess I'm just curious as to why they're going live action again. I feel yeah. like um, obviously it failed miserably the first time, and in <laughs> general, it seems like anime ap- adaptations that go live action usually fail nine out of ten times. So. I'm just curious why that was the choice in the first place. Yeah. I mean, for me, you know, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a huge Avatar fan. You know, I, I have the Blu-ray for Legend of Korra and, of course, you know, the Avatar Last Airbender, you know. Um, it, it was, Avatar was a show that I watched religiously growing up. Um, me and my sister did, as, um, watched it together. And it was, it's, it's and, and it, it is one of those stories that I can, I, I can confidently say that it is one of the best stories that, that that's ever been told. It's one of my, it, it's it's in my top three uh, TV sh- um, shows of all time. It's just it's a beautiful story, you know the, the world building that they've made and the messages that it sends out. Um, you know a lot of these, um, a lot of fans of Avatar: The Last Airbender. You know a lot of us who have grow, grew up with the series. You know we're, we're we're adults now. You know we're we have adult lives and and whatnot and um i'm not sure what the whole you know the disagreement was i would guess it might have to do something with you know the creative differences as they probably i can't really even say they wanted to tell something more adults but i feel like this netflix adaptation might be a little bit more on the kid side but you know we'll just have to wait and see um it this definitely um this definitely, you know, hits home. It really sucks that, you know, Netflix, you know, essentially promised them something, you know, creative freedom or, you know, within uh, certain boundaries, I'm sure. And then, you know, Netflix is pushing back on that. Um, but I want to leave a little bit of uh, words of wisdom uh, that Michael put in his uh, statement from uh, Uncle Iroh himself. Sometimes life is like a Uh, sometimes life is like this dark tunnel. You can't always see the light at the end of the tunnel, but you just, uh, but if you just keep moving, you will come to a better place. So maybe all um, keep moving and come to a better place. Michael ends with his little statement there. So it's, it's very, very powerful stuff there. So let's, uh, let's move on. Move let's on move on to, here to, to some other bad news. Yeah, <laughs> you want to tell this one, Pat? <laughs> t- t- take it away. SpongeBob SquarePants. Nickelodeon has greenlit a Patrick Star spinoff series. <laughs> That's just not it's what enough. you want to hear. It, th- this remind- it, it, it's just even worse when you think about the fact that... <laughs> The creator of SpongeBob's, uh, Steven Hillenburg, he he refused to ever do a spinoff series because he just wanted SpongeBob to be SpongeBob. He wanted it to be a special show, and that's what it was. And then he dies two years ago, and now that he's dead, they just do a spinoff series. 
against his request. Yeah. It's just kind of shitty. I agree. And, you know, it, SpongeBob, it's it's one of those shows where, you know, if if you don't have the, the core cast, it, it kind of all falls apart. Same thing with the community. I mean, can you imagine, like, in, like oh, we're going to make a Pierce spinoff show. That sounds terrible. Like, as much as yeah, I imagine like. Imagine, like, a Cleveland Browns sh- uh, spinoff show. Like, <laughs> it sounds horrible. <laughs> okay, Cleveland Browns spinoff show was, it was good for, like, Two, three seasons, and then I just was didn't really it? care. I, I liked it. I mean, for, for what it was. I mean, it's, it's still that Family Guy reference, but it wasn't as good. But I think that they made it work to a certain degree, but I kind of fell off of that show after a while. But it, this kind of reminds me of when they tried to make, um, for Friends, uh, a spinoff of Joey. It's like, oh, let, let's take the dumb one of the group. You know, everyone loves him so much and give him his own show. And it's like, it just doesn't work. And yeah, that, that, that is pretty, um, it's, it's very unfortunate, you know, uh, Nickelodeon's kind of going forward with that. I just, I, I don't see that being good whatsoever. But I also wanted to talk about, uh, before we get in uh, to, I want to talk about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air drama as well really quick. And uh, we'll, just because I feel like it's kind of similar. Um, you, you sent me the trailer, Devin. You sent it to me. Well, it, just, it's not the trailer for the show. It's the original video that came out last year that had inspired the creation of this show. Oh, I see. I see. I see. So I but misspoke. I, that. I apologize. not a fan. Yeah, I'm not a Trying fan of this. Trying to turn Fresh Prince into this, this drama. Like... Yeah, I mean, uh, eh, no. It's, I mean, Fresh Prince, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. It, it's, it, it's a sitcom, right? And you, you can have drama aspects in a sitcom. The um, best you, ones always do. Yes, they, 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 they really do. The ones that that speak a very powerful message. Um, I'm just, I'm, I, I would be okay with like a Fresh Prince Bel Air with a different retake. I know there's been a lot of. Uh, I saw some meme or it was some picture where it was like, okay, you know, the, uh, if you had Will Smith and his son Jaden, you know, on the show, obviously Will would play Will and it would be to where, you know, um, Will's, you know, son has grown up in the rich light, which he has. And it's all about, you know, street lights, uh, street smarts or, you know, uh, I guess you could say real working values of like the lower of, of us common folk and how to be a more humble person and how, you know, if you are born into a fortune or, you know, into something like that, then it's it's hard. It's important not to take that for granted. I, I think that would make a better message, especially nowadays um, for everyone, because it seems that everybody wants to be famous. They, they always they want that limelight. They want the followers. They want the. They, they 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 want the engagement and whatnot you know they, they 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 want the riches so we'll just have to, eh, I'm just eh, not I'm not too excited also no Uncle Phil it just doesn't feel right yes yes with yeah especially with uh, him passing away that definitely puts a damper on things and it's like I, I I don't even think it should be remade or if they did remake it of course you know. I mean, because, you know, the pitch that I just made is kind of like, it kind of fits, you know, especially with Will being older. Of course, Uncle Phil, you know, passing away as he did, he would obviously pass away in the show and, you know, life would go on. So they, they could have done that instead of a reboot. Yeah, no. But I feel like that's a spinoff series that could definitely work or a sequel, if you will. But... We're going to be talking about some blockbuster stuff here. They went on Twitter. They're back. They're back. You want to take this one really quick? Um, blockbuster is doing summer sleepovers inside their last retail store, and it only costs $4 per night on Airbnb. Cool. That's, it's Where is it at, Alaska? I have no idea. I believe so. We going. Sure. <laughs> Get away from uh, the rest of the U.S. for a bit. We'll go to the the most re- <laughs> one of the uh, the uh, separate co- uh, <laughs> states out there. Not Hawaii; it's way too small. But yeah, that it seems pretty cool. I um I I believe this is 
in Alaska. Last time I checked. I could be wrong. Uh, if you're listening to this, let me know if I'm wrong via Twitter um, at Film Optics. Optics with an X, of course. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it seems pretty cool. You know, it's it's a nice little breath of uh, fresh air. So, some it's, cool it's little It's cheap, news. I guess. Super cheap. We're very, very cheap. But you have to be in Alaska. Yeah. That's why. I guess so. Um, but uh, moving on here really quick, unless there's something else you wanted to say about it. Gonna Rest in peace. Still blockbuster. Yeah. Seriously, though. I, I was more of a blockbuster guy. You remember Circuit City? Yeah. <laughs> there was there was one in um in our, in our hometown for a bit there. Over by uh, in Aurora. So, yeah, I remember. Yeah. And then Best Buy came in. <laughs> Matt Macedonia said, hello. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh, that sucks. But uh, moving on here, uh, we have a little bit of tidbit. Uh, this is a really small news piece. Uh, HBO's The Last of Us series will apparently include a draw-dropping moment left out from the original game. I don't know how that's, how that's possible because that game is perfect. It it is it is perfect, but um, I voiced I, I do have some concerns about the series as I've said before, um, but you know I'm still going to check it out and see see what it's all about. This is on HBO, so you know it's not TV, it's HBO, it's HB fucking up. But um, I guess I'm guessing it, this might be, I would say maybe something dealing with Ellie's parents because throughout the entire journey of Last of Us Part One or Part Two. You know, her, her mother's only mentioned in the first game. And no spoilers for part two, I promise. But, um, her, like, her mother's only mentioned in the first game for, like, a brief second. And I believe that's about it. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners out there. But may, maybe it has something to do with that. I really can't think of anything else that would be a jaw-dropping moment. Um, we'll just have to wait and see whenever this comes out, so... But I'm, I'm betting it has something to do with Ellie's birth or something of that nature. But um, you want to take this next one? We got some yeah, quickies kind of, here. Uh, combine these two horror thriller yeah. type movies, getting some home releases. Chanel Monet's Antebellum is going to VOD next month, and also the Sarah Paulson horror thriller Run, which was originally a Mother's Day release, has been moved from Lionsgate to Hulu. I'm excited, excited for both. About that one. Yes, I am. I am. I, 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 hey, we, we both get to watch it. It's great stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, Antebellum. I'm. I think I'm more excited for Run, just because I feel like I know more about Run, and I was supposed to go see Run on Mother's Day because that was, was supposed to come out the weekend, my birthday weekend. Parents were supposed to come down. I was going to try to trick them into going to see it. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I'm. I'm sure they. They definitely would have gone. But I'm very excited for both. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I think Sarah Paulson's, uh, you know, the horror run thriller is going to be more enticing to fans just because if you have a Hulu subscription, it's already there. You don't have to pay anything extra. So there's always that. But that's pretty cool. And um, I'll take this next one here. It looks like... Because I, I know you want to take the, the second to last one. You, know, you want to rub it in everyone's faces about uh, a certain uh, Alexander Hamilton. But um, a movie. Yeah, so a certain movie. A movie, people. A movie. Confirmed by Matt Pat, a.k.a. Film Theory. But <laughs> um, so earlier this week, there was a article going around that Disney was going to completely ditch the their 4K Blu-ray catalog releases uh, for, I believe, Fox properties. And there was, you know, everyone was up in arms about it on Twitter. Like, how could they do this? Oh, my God, I'm a physical media collector. What's going on? And I am, too. Uh, but when I read it, it just, it just mentioned the 4K uh, versions for Fox properties, like for, like, Home Alone things of that nature. And I was like, okay, it only says 4K. It doesn't say standard Blu-ray. It doesn't say, you know, DVD. It says 4K Blu-rays. 
And I was like, okay, I, I'm a 4K Blu-ray co- collector. But at the same time, I thought about it for a second. I was like, I, I can kind of understand why they're going to, why they would stop 4K for, especially for older movies. I mean, yeah, like you'll have like nice little like modernized touch-ups here or there, but the movie was not shot in 4K. That wasn't even a concept back when these movies were originally filmed. And maybe I was like, okay, maybe it's just, you know, a money thing. Makes total sense. 1080p is all you need for older movies. Cool. Let's move on with their lives. But it looks like Forbes pumped out a uh, rumor or uh, pumped out an article saying that Disney formally denies that it is ditching the 4K Blu-ray catalog releases for the past few days. Uh, you know, people have been up in arms, like I said, um, when it comes to those 4K massive back catalogs, it's, uh, you know, purchased through 20th Century Fox. Uh, they stated this as such by saying there are no plans to discontinue releases in a particular format. We evaluate each release on a case-by-case basis and pursue the best strategy to bring our content to consumer uh, homes across platforms that meet a variety of demands and physical copies are very much still in demand. So that squashes that rumor. Um, yeah, do you have anything? I mean, I know you're not a big physical media collector, but I wonder where that came from. Where what came from? The uh, the whole 4K rumor, you know, Disney not caring about physical releases. I'm like, they definitely do. Uh, they'd be really stupid not to. <laughs> well, Forbes has your answer. Yeah, Forbes has the answer. Cool. So you want to take this last piece of news. The best I know you're very satisfied. The, uh, best movie of the month. Yes, very satisfied. <laughs> we got yeah. Disney no, go Plus ahead. on our side. Yeah, we do. Hamilton. Hamilton bigger. was the... Uh, most streamed, um, I guess, media of the month of July by quite the wide margin. Uh, staggering 37% of research firms' panel of viewers in the U.S. watched the filmed musical last month. And nice. that's in first place, with second place being Unsolved Mysteries at 13.7, then The Old Guard at 10.6. <laughs> Hannah stuck, <laughs> snuck in there, Prime's only offering in the top 10. Have you watched Hannah? No. <laughs> I mean I, I know you say you know you, you were on Amazon Business Air for a bit, but now you're 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 on the uh the Doom Patrol, the uh the HBO Max binge, I gotcha. Palm yeah. Springs makes the cut, rounds out the top five. Yeah. And then it's uh, just Netflix and Frozen Two. <laughs> the office is still in the race. Wow. It's kinda crazy. All of June was all Netflix and then Frozen Two. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Space Force came in number one. Floor is lava than The Office. Thirteen reasons why. Why are few, so many people watching Floor is lava? I haven't even seen it, but it just looked weird. Why are so many people watching Thirteen Reasons Why? I stopped. I I actually stopped after season two, and I should have stopped after season one. But The Office, understandable. I've never seen The Floor is Lava. Um, Fuller House snuck in there, and Ozark as well. So <laughs> that kind of rounds it all out. But yeah, Hamilton Great is movie. the. Yeah, great movie. Great movie. <laughs> great, great movie. <laughs> All right. So uh, that does it for the new normal. Uh, we're going to hop into our last segment here, which is the gaming news portion of the podcast. Uh, there's been a lot of rumblings going on here. And we're doing pretty good on time as well. So I like that. We've got 15 minutes. <laughs> so um, I'll take this first one really quick. Uh, Olivia Munn is in Final Talks. For an on and off camera deal with relaunching the G4 network. For those of you who don't know, or for those of you who kind of forget about the G4 TV network, it, it was it was the place where you know all, all gamers, you know, when we were little kids, you, you go on the G4 TV. They had a bunch of amazing shows between uh, Tag of the Show, uh, X Play, Code Monkeys, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, it, it, it was it was a one stop shop before, you know, Internet gaming news became a thing, which is actually what I thought IGN meant when I first started 
you know, following the site after the collapse of G4 TV. That is not what it means. I forgot what it means. So if you want to look that up, Devin, feel free because I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> ignorant. Wow. <laughs> Can't spell ignorant without IGN. <laughs> That's honestly like one of the best lines ever, though. <laughs> But yes, uh, looks uh, Olivia Munn is in those final talks to sign a multi-year deal with relaunching the G4 network. Uh, the I was, agree- I was pretty surprised when I saw this. I was I too. She, I thought she would be too busy. She's she's been a pretty successful actor these past few years, mm-hmm. but apparently she's pretty picky with with the role she takes. So she must have been excited to get back into G4. Yeah, I'm. You know, it, it's honestly, it, it's it's not G four without Olivia Munn at, at at the helm. And I'm, I'm, I'm a not, fan, big fan I'm, of Olivia Munn. I actually oh. don't remember watching much G four, but oh, I watch it all the time. E E three used to broadcast on G four, like any time that for X play, especially Adam Sessler, Morgan Webb. You know, they're they're doing their own little spiel. Um, when, when the Nintendo Wii, you know, that that's that was you know. I would say more height of the um, G4 population. But anytime there was a game that came out, or like especially Grand Theft Auto 4, they were like, we give Grand Theft Auto 4 a 5 out of 5. And you're like, oh! You knew that game was good. If it was, you know, 5-star scale. If it was like a 3-star and above, it's like, okay, whatever. Like 2-star and below, absolutely not. But it, it was it, it was awesome. I loved it. It was like a four. It's like ooh, a four or a three or a two. Ah, it killed you out of five. But you want to take this next one, Devin? I know you were uh, very disappointed by this news. I'm concerned. Certainly. <laughs> are you concerned? Halo, or Are you Halo actually Infinite. disappointed? Halo Infinite delayed till 2021. I'm concerned because I don't mind the delay because the game obviously wasn't in peak condition when we saw it at the press conference, so I'm, I'm fine with them delaying it to make it perfect or better. What I'm concerned with is if you buy an Xbox, um, new Xbox, I don't even want to remember the names of them because they're awful names. <laughs> Xbox Series X, yeah. If yeah. you buy one of those in November, what what are you playing? They have nothing. They have four generations the of consoles. Part. Four generations. So apparently, when when I had messaged you earlier, um, and I, I want to make a case for both sides here because with Xbox, you know, they, they they've been through the diamond through through the ringer a lot, and I'm actually planning on writing an article um, dealing with you know this whole spiel of what what this means for Xbox moving forward. Um, you know, they they did say they did confirm a window for Xbox Series X. You know, this does not. Um, affects the launch of the console. But I'm going to say right now, because you, you had to think, you, you essentially had to think of Xbox hardware as a PC. Because, there's, because within the next year or two, they've already discontinued the Xbox One X. And the, um, what was it? I think the disc, it was, it was either the disc-based version of the Xbox One S or the discless version. I, can't, I, th- I think it was a disc-based version. That hardware is going to be outdated within the next year or two. And you're, you're going to have no choice but to buy an Xbox Series X. And I do agree with you, Devin. Halo was looking rough. There was no denying it. And I think they made the right call. It was very, very tough. But I commend them for you know, admitting their mistakes because they, they do say that, you know, COVID does have a uh, stake in this as well, which I, I do believe. But, of course, you know, some of the backlash, because they, they, they did mention that, you know, th- there were other reasons as well. They didn't go too much into it, of course. But, you know, y- your hardware is only going to last for so long. If you buy an Xbox this, this Christmas, all of your games, you know, between four generations and of course Xbox Game Pass, you're you're already you're you're setting yourself up for for the future. You're setting yourself up for Halo, for Fable, for Avowed, um, for State State of Decay three, um, et cetera, et cetera, of whatever else is coming out. So I mean, a lot of Pierce did say that you know she got a call saying that they do expect um, you know to sell out of Xbox 
uh, Series X this Christmas, but we really don't know for sure because, you know, of course, we don't know how many uh, units that they're shipping and whatnot, but um, it does suck. It, it, is, it is a blow. They're not out by any stretch of the means, but I feel like even with consoles, when they first launch, there really isn't anything to play anyway. I mean, if you look at PlayStation's lineup, like we know Spider-Man Miles Morales is coming, yeah, but that's, we that's the big one. Like, but they have that, but, but like, oh, sorry, go go go, go ahead. Xbox has nothing, and that's that's all they had to do was focus on games because the last generation they really messed up, didn't focus on games, and it's like you're launching a new generation and you still don't have games. It's just so hard to swallow. Right. Well, you have to also remember that Game Pass is like the real driver here. Like, of course, you know, third party, like, there's no doubt about that Xbox One X is going to be, you know, a beast. I'm, same thing with the PlayStation 5. But it's like, we, we don't even know, like, besides Spider Man, Miles Morales, which is not even like a full game, it's supposed to be more of a, um, uncharted lost legacy type deal where like yeah it's going to tell a complete story but i don't think it's going to have the same death or you're not going to be able to i I feel like there's not going to be a lot of replayability other than that i mean what is playstation like we we between that and astrobot uh that one game that showcases the playstation 5 controller i mean like if anything, I think both consoles are still in a good position because I mean they're both touting backwards compatibility, so you're gonna have games to play, even though like you know newer games are coming out. But I mean, yeah, yes, Spider Man is a system seller, but like people are gonna be done with that within like a week. So it's like, what else are you gonna be playing? You're gonna be playing third party games. I don't, I don't see why. If you have an Xbox currently, there's no reason to upgrade. There's launch. there's definitely a reason to upgrade. I I feel like there is because you're future proofing. You yeah, want your you games have to, get to it run. At launch, you can just wait. I mean, unless you really need the the new cool toy right away, there's there's True. nothing that makes you have to buy it because every game that even every game that comes out early is going to be on the last generation too. That and yeah, I mean it's it just depends on if if people want the best, you know, they, they want their games to look and run the, the best. I mean that that's I mean the the hardware in the game pass itself still sells. I think it's still going to sell the console. Will we be picking it up? Absolutely not, because we both had PCs. There's no reason. But yes, my I mean you know, Halo not being there is a big blow, and I do feel like more people would have got. You're going to get a lot more playability out of Halo than you are for Spider Man 100, percent and it is tough. Because, like, it really does suck because, you know, we're both looking forward to it. But it's just, I mean, they, they, they made the right call. I mean, which, I mean, people are, are mad understandably, but it's like, would you rather them pump it out to what it is now and have all these bugs and issues? But it's like, you just got to cook in the oven a little bit longer. Like, it, it is a tough call, but I think in the long run, it's, it's going to be fine. But we don't even know when in 2021 this is going to be coming out. But all I'm saying is hardware does devalue over time, people. Your Xbox One X is not going to carry you through an entire generation, which I think is nice instead of, you know, forcing something like, okay, well, I have to buy it this, this, that, and the other. Like you said, you know, maybe there isn't a reason, but, I mean, I'm sure people will find a reason. I don't know. But it, it really does suck for sure. Um, so we pretty much went through all that. Uh, there was an Xbox Series X leak controller that came out. Um, not, not looking too different. Yeah, it doesn't look too different at all. Um, it I'll, is white, though, so it could be a sign that the not just Series S could be white. Yeah, well, not just white, robot white. Yeah, whatever <laughs> that means. Whatever that means, robot white. But, yes, yeah, so there's a share button in the middle. Um, there's a few small little changes that you can see between like the, uh, how the, the co- yeah, the D pad, the color scheme for the X, Y, A and B buttons. Um, you know, they're, they're back essentially. Um, well, I know for some they they have like the small little circles within, you know, to kind of still be like, Oh, you know, this is the A button, this is the X button, whatever. 
But yeah, I mean, it doesn't look too different. I'm totally okay with it. Um, there was rumors saying that uh, apparently on the box, uh, the controller is supposed to come out like November 6th. And people were saying, oh, you know, that, that will be the same day and day of the Xbox Series Series X. Um, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think they're probably going to start pumping out the controllers first before they pump out the systems. But I don't know. you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I think the controller will be out relatively soon. Yeah. I'll definitely... I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm in the market for a new Xbox controller anyway. Mine's uh, starting to have its wear and tear, so... I'll definitely pick one up, get a nice little upgrade for the uh, the old PC. But um, man, there's also um, there's been a lot of uh, debacle between Microsoft and Sony. I mean, not Sony, sorry, um, Apple. When it came to the uh, X Cloud um, <laughs> debacle, there. But have you read too much into that that you know of? Yeah, Apple is being pretty awful here. Yeah, and even today the news came out that Apple took Fortnite off their store, which just more Apple being Apple, Apple, which is not good. It's it sucks for us because we're both Apple fans. We have iPhones, we have Apple Watches, you have a Mac. Yep. So we're we're a fan of their products, obviously, but when they make decisions, like this, an it's TV. hard. It's hard to support them when they, because it's just a bad decision for for consumers all around. It is because it's when when game you know when X Cloud comes out, you know everyone's gonna say, hey, you know kids, especially for the younger generation, uh, you know people are gonna want to try out these games on tablets and phones, especially tablets. And it's like, well, it's not supported on iPads because you know Apple's being Apple, and it's it's just gonna drive more people to buy Android devices. At the end of the day, I mean, I get it. You know, yeah, Apple has a pretty big market like revenue share with their uh apple arcade i think they're like third or fourth from the last time i checked uh but they're a pretty big player uh overall so i mean they're they're i mean but max max are I- I- even really known for gaming but this could change all that and i hope i hope apple i mean like you say you know like we we love them but um Make better decisions because, you know, a lot of people buy into your ecosystem. And, you know, we understand, you know, the ecosystem, you have all these services. But, I mean, it's the same reason why, I mean, I use Gmail on my phone over Apple's um, mailbox app. Just because I like Gmail better, but and I can still use, this, you know, use this, the phone that, I like to use without having to buy an Android phone. There's nothing wrong with Android phones. It's just, you know, I like using Google's, Google's applications and we have that access to do so. So I think, <laughs> I think Apple is more in the, in the lines of like, no, they technically don't need it on their platform, but it's, this, it is very anti-consumer because you're not, you're like, you're, you're putting mo- money over consumers when it comes to something that could be revolutionary, but well, it it's just it kind of sucks in and of itself. But uh, we'll wrap up here in a second. Uh, it's a few more news stories here. Looks like Fall Guys has out uh, beats out Horizon Zero Dawn um, and grounded in Steam sales. Um, we've been having a lot of fun with Fall Guys. Absolutely, uh, two million on Steam, right? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. And um, I I did buy Horizon Zero Dawn for PC because I love the game so much. Uh, there are... I've been having a lot of crashing issues, actually, which is weird because, I mean... I mean, like, I don't have, like, a beefy, beefy, you know, super mega ultra gaming PC, but it's it's a pretty decent-sized PC. You know, I've, I've definitely invested some money into it, you know, future-proofing it and whatnot. And it's like, I don't know what's going on. I can play like maybe five, ten minutes of it, and it just crashes, which really sucks. So I'm hoping Gorilla Games uh, gets that fixed. And that's only on like 1080p. Like at first, I was trying to run it like 1440p, you know, messing around with the lighting and the shading and whatnot. It was like, you know, sometimes you got to fix with it just to make it run on your computer. And then, you know, I dropped it down to 1080p. 
you know, to a stable, optimized, um, you know, settings. And same thing happened. It was very odd. I'm like, okay, so I know there's no way this is my hardware because it's pretty decent. I mean, my graphics card does need to be upgraded here soon, but yeah. And as well as Grounded, you know, we played a little bit of it. We enjoyed it. Um, I would definitely go back into that world. Um, it's great that we can kind of just jump back in because of Xbox Game Pass. But yeah. So, um, do you want to take this next one here, and then I'll kind of just round out the rest, and we'll uh, say our goodbyes. Yeah, there was a Marvel's Avengers leak that included references to She-Hulk, Kate Bishop, and more. So, possibly future upcoming characters. Yeah. Do you plan on uh, buying the game after you're... Uh, you're not pre-ordering it, are you? I don't think I'll get it day one, just because... I won't even be able to play it the first week. Yeah. Yeah, just so so much stuff is coming out on Labor Day weekend. There was another movie that's coming out on Labor Day weekend as well. I can't remember what the name of it is off the top of my head. But between Mulan, uh, Avengers, we have The Boys, uh, season two. And there was One like, thing about The Boys is that it is only the first three episodes. Oh, it is only the first three episodes. And then they're going weekly. Oh, are they really? <laughs> yep. Oh, well, that changes a lot of things for us. Because I thought it, it was... Of, kind of pushes that back a few weeks yeah, for us. Yeah, it actually puts more, less of stress on us to push that out as well. So, wow, I did not know that. Cool. Well, that's good. Yeah, because the first season, all episodes were just out out there. But I, I think they're they're starting to see that, you know, if if, if you want streaming services to... Stick around. Well, everyone's doing it besides Netflix now. They're going over to the, uh, you know, weekly releases. Um, and I think I think Disney kind of set the precedent for that, for sure. But, hey, you know what I mean? Netflix, nothing wrong with it. They're sticking to their guns. They're, you know, it, it is literally part of their business model. They invented it. Yeah. So, ain't nothing wrong with that. But that is really good to know because I was like, holy crap, I'm going to have to watch the entire season two of the boys while I'm home for that weekend. But it's good. It's only the first three. So we can definitely work around that for sure. Um, and also, uh, really quick, just to round out uh, the rest of the podcast, because we are coming up on time here. Uh, looks like the Marvel Games vice president said that they are not talking uh, taking the MCU route when it comes to titles like Marvel's Avengers and Spider-Man uh, for the PlayStation 4, as in there is no Marvel Cinematic or Marvel Gaming Universe that is going to be happening, which also still begs the question. It begs me, Devin. Why is Spider-Man still only, only a PlayStation exclusive? They want to tout and say, oh, you know, when the, when the, when the opportunity presents itself, it's like, no, it was for money. And that's totally fine. You guys don't care about consumers. It's fine. It's totally fine. But um, I guess this is a good thing. I mean, I really wouldn't even want Marvel, Marvel Spider-Man uh, PS4 to be even near this Marvel's Avengers. Because, I mean, from what I've seen, it doesn't look that great. But I will be playing it this weekend uh, to get my final thoughts. Because, you know, there's only so much you can tell. Uh, when watching someone else play it. So plan on streaming that this weekend a little bit. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. But uh, that also kind of ties into our last news story here. Um, I feel like a lot of gamers are going to be very upset this coming up generation. And I feel like it's going to be even more fragmented than, well, this coming up generation is going to be more fragmented than ever before because it looks like uh, Sony has been very... Uh, um, aggressive when it comes to securing huge third-party uh, games uh, when it comes to, like, timed exclusives uh, from this uh, article we have here from VGC. Um, it looks like Kind of Funny's Irman Khan uh, claimed on a video this past Thursday um, that, you know, the public's going to be shocked when they discover the caliber of titles that Sony has secured for next uh, generation of consoles. And I mean, I get it. Like it's it's a business decision, but it it just really makes it seem like, especially with the whole Spider Man thing. You know, Crystal Dynamics came out and said, "Yeah, you know, if you want to play as Spider Man 
on Marvel's Avengers, you have that option to on PlayStation 4. And that's like one of the most shittiest things you can ever say in the world. Like, not everyone owns a PlayStation, and some people do prefer playing on Switch or their PC or an Xbox, you know, respectively, over buying a PlayStation. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, the PlayStation is not the only place to play your games. But... Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. I, I know Devin will be very furious <laughs> if Grand Theft Auto Six comes out. It's it's gonna it's gonna be the one. That's the one. <laughs> that's gonna be the one that sends Devin into like a frenzy. He's gonna be so pissed. Rockstar I'm hoping is it's already not. so annoying. That's just that's what they're gonna do. Yeah, I mean, like there, like Devin Devin doesn't even have an, another console. Like he oh, he purely plays on PC. So if he wants to play Marvel's Avengers, oh, man, I really want to play Spider-Man. Do you really think Devin's going to go out, spend $300 on a console plus a $60 game just to play as one hero? If he feels if it's if it if it feels like something that should be there within a game that everyone should be able to enjoy there, there's it's I'm not going to get into it too much. But, yeah, um, be prepared, Devin, (laughs) for these third party exclusives, because. I feel like it's just, I mean, both consoles have, you know, been at fault for it, but it, I, I feel, I feel like Sony's going to be the one to take the blame and uh, it, that's, that's going to be the one that breaks the camel's uh, back for sure. So yeah, I can go on and on about it, but that's all good. So that pretty much wraps up our episode here today. Headline hot takes here on the, on the film optics uh, podcasts, our nice little new show. Uh, you can again listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Pandora, Red Circle, iHeartRadio, and Tune In. Uh, keep a lookout for our Project Power review coming up. Uh, we'll be dropping on Monday because we're moving it over to Monday for our reviews. We're gonna be dropping on Monday, not Sundays anymore. Record on Sundays, drop on Mondays. So that'll be our next review. Uh, My name is Christian, that was Devin, and we will see you guys in the next one. Peace. Ooh, that was a... (laughs) You want to try that again? Peace. Peace.